welcome Roy as he brings us uh, Psalm 23, verse 3 this morning. never had a round of applause before. <laughs> um, I, I, was, I was just standing over there, you know, and just soaking up all the, all the worship and, and, and the words that have been um, offered. And I'm thinking, how do you follow that? You, you know. Um, can I read to you um, Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he, lets me, and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me, and your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil, and my cup overflows with blessings." Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You don't need a sermon after that. Yeah, not at all. You, you just read that and you think, whoa, if that's what God thinks of me, you know, he must be crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's because he knows me. Um, this morning, as I was looking through my notes, Alison came upstairs and she said, I've just read this quote, and I thought, hey, I'll, I'll use that. And it's, the quote is this, Do not let Sunday be taken from you. If your soul has no Sunday, it becomes an orphan. <sighs> hey? I don't want to be an orphan. I'm not an orphan because I know where I am and I know where I stand in the kingdom of God. I know that for a fact. I'm no orphan. But I know that sometimes my soul needs to be refreshed. And this morning, I've been given verse 3 of Psalm 23. He restores my soul. There's a story about... Uh, this Christian clinical psychologist. That's a bit of a mouthful. But, 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 but this, this man had this um, clinic or, or hospital where he looked after, him and his team looked after many people with mental health difficulties. And I, I gather by reading it that it was quite a big, big place that he looked after. But every Wednesday, he said, the staff all got together 
and they began to talk about the people that they were ministering to and attempting to heal. So you can imagine, if you like, all these nurses and doctors and psychologists and that all sitting around and they've all got a story to tell <coughs> about their patients. So one person was invited to speak and this person was very upbeat this, uh, ab about who he or she was um, looking after. He's done well this week, as James, just a name, he's done well this week, as James, he started to make uh, decisions for himself. And, you know, we, we, we call that a plus because uh, there, there was one time when he couldn't make decisions for himself because of, you know, his scrambled mind. So they talked about James and they were happy with James. So somebody else was invited to speak and a similar story, you know, about how they were um, happy with so-and-so because she, you know... Again, made a choice, made a choice, and that choice was positive. So they went, you know, through this group. And then this psychologist said, and then we came to Maddie. That was her name, Maddie. And he says, everybody's face dropped. And the person who was looking after Maddie said, same story, same as before, and same as before that. You know, the story is that Maddie is making no progress at all. And, she's, and, 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 and the nurse said about this Maddie, it seems that Maddie has no interest in her inner life at all. No interest in her inner life. And if you've got no interest in your inner life and looking after your inner life, then, oh, problems. You have a, a great big problem because I believe that if you want to be a flourishing person, you have to get your inner life done first. You, you, you look at me and you can see what's on the outside, but you can't see what's on the inside. You can guess by some of the things that I'm saying. But, you know, an inner life is far, far, far more important than what you see on the outside. Because if you get that right, then you begin to be the kind of person that God wants you to be. Yeah. That's, that's the way I see it. I, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's the way that I see it. Get your inner life done first make a choice we were praying this morning about making choices make a choice to get that inner life done first do something about it it'll begin to grow it'll begin to flourish and you'll turn out into a different kind of person he restores my soul says the psalmist, and the psalmist knows what he's talking about. God restores my soul. And I want to ask you a question, and the question is this. When is the last time that you thought about
the condition of your soul. It's important. I, I, I cannot stress how much important, how important it is to look after or think about the condition of your soul. It, it, it's not something that's, you know, we, oh, we, we are mind, body and soul and stuff like that. It, it's important. You get the soul right. You begin to get right yourself as a person. That quote up there, it's a, it's a Dallas Willard quote. You are a soul... It doesn't say you are a body. It says you are a soul made by God and made for God and made to need God. Doesn't that shout out something there that you are a soul that needs to be looked after and nurtured by God rather than trying to look after it yourself? Because... We can go so far in looking after our souls by ourselves. But we can go even farther when God gets a hold of it and begins to, to work in our soul. You are a soul made by God, made for God and made to need. So if that's the case, you know, isn't it? Like, uh, should not take time out to be the best I possibly can be to, endure, to ensure my soul is being looked after properly. Have you ever heard of the term cast sheep? Yes? No? Okay, because, you know, uh, the, 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 the book that we're taking this from is from a, 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 a pastor and a shepherd named Philip Keller. And, 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 and Philip Keller wrote, wrote this book about, about a shepherd looks after, a shepherd looks into Psalm 23. Now, if a, if a shepherd could look into Psalm 23, who is more qualified than a shepherd, apart from God himself, that is? Yeah, so Philip Keller looks into this. And uh, when I was reading through this chapter about he restores my soul, one of the things that Keller mentioned was that he was always looking at his flock and he was always looking out for cast sheep. He knew his flock, he knew how many sheep he'd got and when he rounded them up at night, he'd look around and he'd say, Phil Miles is missing. Where's Phil Miles gone? I better go and look for him. I hope he isn't, I hope he isn't cast. <laughs> so the shepherd would go out and he'd look for this cast sheep. And eventually he would find this cast sheep and he would put that cast sheep back on his feet. Now, cast sheep is an old English term for what happens to a sheep when it sits down or lies down. Um, a, a sheep will go and find a, a, a nice little hollow to go and sit in and lie down. And as it relaxes, it just loses, you know, all, all control of its muscles. And it'll, it'll, it'll lie there for a bit, and then suddenly the sheep will roll over. 
and, and, and the sheep becomes cast, as they say, because the sheep cannot get up. He just can't get up at all. He'd be lying there with his legs in the air and, and, and panicking, he, right? And the shepherd, it was a shepherd's job to actually go and put that sheep back on its feet. The reason is when a sheep is cast like that, gases build up in its stomach and if it's not tended to within a short while, the sheep will die. So it says time is of the essence. I, I really must find this sheep that's cast and put it back on its feet before. So we find this sheep, we find this sheep, and he said he would, he would stand astride the sheep and he'd be talking all of the time to the sheep. You know, words of comfort, you know, telling the sheep not to worry and, and you know, giving him words of comfort. And eventually he, he would begin to turn the sheep back over and put it on his feet. That's what a cast sheep is. Now, he stressed, Philip Keller did, that while he was doing this, he did it with loving care, but he was always talking and encouraging his sheep, you know, to turn it over and get it back on his feet. And when the sheep was back on its feet, it would be a little bit rocky at first until it got a little bit more strength and then... It walked off. Job done. Sheep restored back on its feet. That's what God does. That's what God does. Um, I was looking on YouTube this morning at um, a little bit to do with the repair shop. You, 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 you've seen the repair shop, okay, where people take mementos or old stuff to this repair shop in Chichester and they have stuff, you know, redone and, and, and re, re, restored. Um, I was looking at one, especially this morning, where it involved a, an, an older guy than me named Albert. And I'm, I'm reckoning that he must have been in, in his late 80s, early 90s. And he, yep, he was older than me. <laughs> And, and they, they, his daughter took him to the repair shop and they asked him what, what it was he'd got to be repaired. So he takes out this old transistor radio, you know, an old GEC transistor radio. I can remember buying one when I was a kid. It was an old, it was a dance set, you know. Uh, this was a, a GEC. And he said, this has got some history behind it. Albert did. Can you fix it for me? It was in a real sorry state. He said him and his wife, when they started to go, go out together before, uh, in, in the 1950s, were, were, were somewhere and they went into this shop, saw this transistor radio for £2.50. So they clubbed together and bought it. And that radio never, ever left their presence. It was always with them wherever they went. When they went on holiday, the radio went with them. But after a few years, the radio got worn, you know, started to wear down. 
And he said, it broke once, but I had it fixed. But this is what he said. He said, but two years ago, I'd got it in the, uh, in the greenhouse and it packed in completely. He says, and that day was two years to the day that I'd lost my wife. And he, it, it, it just fell apart, the guy did. And he said, I want it fixed. I want it mended. Leave it with us, they said. So, Albert and his daughter went away, came back a week later, and then they went in. And you, the, the, you've seen the repair shop. You've seen what they can do with, with their amazing, loving, tender skills. And that radio was almost like new it was. And he said, and, and Albert says, he said, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching it. And so, is it Jay, Jay Blades? The, uh, yeah, he said, switched it on. And the music came from me. And, and Albert just absolutely fell apart. But the point to that is that he saw something, or, or he had something so lovingly restored in his life by someone that you could see him, although he was emotionally broken, you could see emotionally he was lifted up as well. That is what my God, your God, does for you when you are broken. When you are, as, as the psalmist said, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you downcast? And the healer, comes up and he'll say you're mine you belong to me let me just turn you over let me just just lift you up nice and gently let me just put you back on your feet and send you on your way why are you downcast on my soul God is the fixer of souls. God is the restorer of souls. Do you believe that? You've you, you, you just, yeah, you, you just got to get hold of that. God is the restorer of souls. So your soul, your soul, whoever I'm looking at right now, your soul is important to you but it's more important to God. More important to God. And God wants to fix it and restore it to its former glory. That's the first one. It restores my soul. But the, the second part of that, that verse 3 says, he guides me along right paths. He guides me along right paths. Again, you don't, when you've had your soul restored, stand up and walk away from God and say, oh, thanks, mate, and, and I'm off. You, you don't do that. If you are in your right, grateful mind, you'll say, if he can do that, he can lead me into better pastures. He can lead me into different places. He guides me along right paths. That's what God does. 
He guides me along right past. Did you, did you know this? Um, that in the Western countries like Britain where we live, that a shepherd always drives his sheep. Or, is it, or he has a dog to do it, or, or a team of dogs to do it. Yeah, he always drives his sheep. That doesn't work in Middle Eastern countries because the shepherd always walks and the sheep follow him. And that says something, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does to me. It, it, does, it does to me. I'm not driven, but I follow. Yeah? I'm not driven, but I just follow God. He says, he guides me along right paths. He guides me along right paths. Isaiah 53, 6 says this. All of us like sheep, like sheep again, have strayed away and we have left God's paths to follow our own. Let me just read this to you. This is a Philip Keller quote. This is from the book. And it says, sheep are notorious creatures of habit. If left to themselves, they will follow the same trails until they become ruts. Graze the same hills until they turn to desert wastes. Pollute their own ground until it's corrupt with disease and parasites. Just as sheep will blindly, habitually, stupidly follow one another along the same little trails that become ruts, that erode into gigantic gullies, so we humans cling to the same habits that we have seen ruin other lives. And I think there's a whacking great piece of truth in that. There, there, there really is. You know, just when I think it's okay to do it on my own, uh, you know, God steps in and says, ah. you look at the state of the world today. You look at what's happening in this amazing creation of God's. And you look at what's happening when people think they know best. Yeah? When people think that they know best. We'll do it my way. Yeah? Look at the state of the world in some places because of that. I mean, I mean, I mean when, when, when people are trying to fix things like climate warming and that these days, they're looking into science and all that sort of stuff. Nobody has ever thought of turning round and saying, God, we've got ourselves into a right bit of a mess here. You know, we can't do it. I can't do it. Please help us out. Please help us out. Nobody's doing that. We are relying, the world is relying on its own wisdom. And that wisdom is lacking because it's man's wisdom, not God's wisdom. So, All is not lost though. The good part is this. We have someone to lead, to lead us. We have a shepherd. We are not driven. We follow. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's what the good shepherd does. That's what he wants to do. He wants to give you, me, a good 
and satisfying life. Now you look at this. He restores my soul, then he gives me a good and satisfying life and he leads me along right paths. I mean, whoa, you know, what, 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 what else? I mean, we, we didn't even ask for that. It's just that he offered it. I'm going to close up now. When I was a young lad, seems like a hundred years ago now, <laughs> when, when I was a, a young lad, I used to spend a lot of my time at my granddad's. This would be in the, in the 50s, right? Now, that's ooh, way, way back. And my, my granddad had this great big long garden. It was a really, really long garden. And at the top of the garden, he used to keep pigs. Yeah, and when they'd grown to maturity, he used to have them slaughtered and, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd sell the stuff, have some for himself, then he'd sell the stuff as well. So that's, that's what he did. And uh, I used to play up that garden quite, quite a bit when I was a, a young lad and that, those pigs were always... I remember one day, I remember one day, just came to me, that the, 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 uh, <laughs> I was up there and I opened the pig pen by accident and this great big pig came running out and you never seen me run so fast down the garden. I'll tell you, it was a great... It was a great big thing, it was. Whoa. Anyway, um, he, he had these pigs at the top, and, and, ne and next to the pig pen, he, he'd, he'd got these big um, ditches built. You know, he, he dug these ditches out, you see. And what he did was he, 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 put, he, he put all this pig muck into the ditches, you know, and they were fairly deep. My Auntie Irish used to say to me, Do not go near those. So, what did I do? I went near, this is true, this is, this is true. And there was a plank across, so I decided that I would walk the plank across this stuff. And you know what I'm going to say, because it happened, and I was in, up to there, and I was stuck, and I just couldn't get out. You know, so I shout, shouted my auntie, Iris, Iris, you know, eventually she came up the garden and she what, what have you done, you know? And she leaned over, picked me up, put me back on my feet. Obviously, she, she cleaned me down. And, but, <laughs> but she put me back on my feet and set me back walking again. And that, to me, when I think about it, has always been an illustration of what God can do for us all. Whatever muck whatever rubbish, whatever filth we get stuck in and we can't get out ourselves, our God will come along again and he'll say, oh, Roy, what, what have you done? And, and, and he'll pick me up and he'll clean me down and he'll put me on my feet and he'll send me on my way. So my message this morning, or God's word to us all is this. He restores my soul to a better condition, but also he guides me along right paths. Isn't he a good God? Yeah, you've, you've, you've got to say, it's he, great that he'll, he takes time out for, 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 people like, for people like me and he'll come along and he'll, he'll do stuff like that. And... I think that's great. And I, I, I just love him for it. Because he, I'm one of his 
sheep and he looks after me. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, I, I, I just pray right now that if there's been something in your word that's been able to reach out and touch people in this congregation today, that if it's for them, I just pray that they will make a choice. And the choice is that they will listen to your word and act upon your word and live your word through. So thank you for who you are. Thank you for looking after us. Thank you that you've got our best interests at heart. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.